Welcome to another Axe Church podcast. Glad you're with us today. My name is Hunter Croft. I'm on staff here at Axe Church. Glad you're joining us today. We have um, a little bit of conversation uh, coming up down the line for you. Uh, David has a a topic that he is going to ask me about today, and we're just going to talk about it and see where it leads us and um, see how it can affect our our life in Christ as we um, try to live our lives more like Christ. And hopefully, you get something out of it too. I've got just Dave Robinson here with me today. So, uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, Hunter. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing. How was your week? Did your uh, dogs cause any trouble this week? <laughs> no, I think it's, he's been pretty chill. We uh, so our, my my dog and my uh, my sister in law's dog, who are biological brothers, they were born from the same litter. Um, we got in a little bit of a fight oh, probably six weeks ago, seven weeks ago. Um, maybe even more than that. Um, we got in a pretty big fight, and my dog had to get surgery and and stuff to repair a a, a, a tear in his skin, and um, and we pretty much have just kept them apart ever since that. And this week, we for the first time tried to take them both to the park together, and uh, it went pretty well. They, my dog was a little <laughs> freaked out by him at first, but uh, they got back to their normal selves pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, things have been. Pretty good with the the dogs, at least. That's good. My yeah. dogs are not. They're fine. They're fine. They're fine. <laughs> I just keep telling myself that they they woke me up a lot last night, and you know um, when you got to get up early sometimes, and the dogs keep you up at night and bark and whine, so you have to take them outside. Um, it's it's not fun, but That's, you know it's like having kids. My dog as. as soon as he was probably three months old, he was done with any of that. It was. It was a rough really? first three months where I was, and we lived in an apartment on the third story at that time. So I had to get him on a leash, walk him down three flights of stairs, let him do his business, and then walk all the way back up at two o'clock in the morning. But I mean, after he was potty trained, and and ever since, I mean, he'll go to bed at ten at night, and he won't. If we sleep until ten on the weekend, he's fine to lay in bed till ten o'clock. He's been hmm. great. Not the case with my dogs. Not, not your dogs. Well, there's two of them. First there's of two all, of them. And yeah, I think that they that causes part of the problem. But they need to go drink water. They need to go do their <laughs> business. They need to go. You know, they need to get out and run around. Whatever it is, they start whining and barking, and you know, I can't just ignore it for too long. Yeah. Actually, I've got to get out of bed, which is it's never fun to get out of bed in the middle of the night. No. Um, no, no, no. You know, but I understand that when I get older, I'll have to get up multiple times to use the restroom, which oh. I don't have to do now. Um, um, but I've been told that that's what's going to happen. Uh, you we'll, know, we'll, we'll bring it up on the podcast. When, you, when, when I you get do. that age, yeah. we'll talk about how often, how many times I've had to use the restroom that night or whatever. But for now, we won't. Um, so yeah, um, no, good, good, uh, good to hear that your dog's doing well. And yeah. uh, um, we, uh, we're looking forward to another, another good week at church this week. And, and uh, weather's been better. So yeah, we're making good. some making some changes on Sunday that I'm looking forward to. We are. And depending on when you're listening to this podcast, we may have already made those changes and made other changes and who knows, moved and whatever, depending on you know when you listen to this. But yeah, this is being recorded in, <laughs> on May 17th, 17th of 2018. So... Um, Anyway, yeah, we've got some different stuff going on. I'm excited about, uh, you know, where we're going as a church and and what the Lord's doing. And and so that's good. What I wanted to talk about today is friendship. Uh, I wanted to talk about relationships. I want to talk about 
um, the way that we interact with one another, and maybe at some level, the lost art of making friends, um, mm, keeping friends, say, building relationships. I am poorly prepared for this topic. Today. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> you have friends, you know, I mean, your mom and yeah, stuff, yeah, right? Um, my mom, my dad. So my dad talks dad. to me sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you can call them. They'll answer the phone sometimes. So, no, I mean, I think it's hard, uh, and I think it's it's probably particularly hit your age group more than it's than mine, but mm. mine more than those older than me and so on. And, and part of that and what I want to start with is sort of talking about how we've, how we've sort of um, sent our social lives online, you know, instead mm. of having them, uh, instead of them being within our neighborhoods and our communities and our schools and whatever, we've, we've outsourced more and more of that, of our social life online. And so, you know, you have Twitter, you have Facebook, you have uh, Instagram, Snapchat, probably many more that exist out there. Um, and that has been the way that people have, I mean, quote unquote, in Facebook, you have friends, quote unquote, right? Um, are they friends? That's something we can talk about. Or, or really, are they just people that follow your Facebook page? Or don't follow it, but you don't know that because you can't tell if someone's unfollowed right. you. Um, right. But, you know, what, what are they and so on. So for me, you know, Facebook and, and all the rest, that didn't come up until I was much older. But for you, talk to us about when you first were on Facebook, when you first got into social media. I probably um, first got into Facebook. Well, I think I, I think MySpace was first because Facebook wasn't really around. I remember I had a MySpace, and then um, I think I found Facebook and joined it, and then I got kicked off because I wasn't old enough with their their terms of use. I wasn't quite old enough, um, so I got kicked off. And then a few years later, I got back on, and then so it you got, cheated. I guess you so. lied to them I, about your age. I don't. Yeah, I probably did. Okay. I, I probably said I was in high school and I wasn't. Okay. Well, you, but, didn't, you didn't put that on your resume when you came to I'm, work that I'm you had sorry. lied before. So I will I add know. that to my list of okay. confessions that I we'll submit to that. you. <laughs> um, and I still can't use that email. It's still banned. I I have to. I had to make up a whole different email just to get back onto Facebook. Aren't the rules different though now? I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can have them at that age now. Have a Facebook, but they didn't unban you. But they didn't. Even when I got, I thought, oh, now I'm in high school, so. I would try to go back and I think I actually like submitted like a petition to like mm-hmm. lift the ban on my email account and I never heard anything back. So, um, yeah, still, still banned from Facebook, which I don't know, maybe that's a cool thing. Maybe, I'm, maybe well, I that, that email, you have Facebook now with a different email. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I do. I, if you, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you would know that. Um, I am. all right. Uh, so yeah, first it was MySpace and MySpace. I never, I was, I think I was, a little too young for the MySpace age. Um, I didn't really get the point of it, but I was on there. Um, and then when Facebook came around, it, it became a pretty big deal. I remember um, everybody was getting on Facebook. And um, I don't know if I connected the dots that it was replacing any type of friendships, um, but it definitely was altering the way friendships worked. Well, I talk think. about that. So you you would have been in junior high, high school, this starts to get big. Your friends start to get online. They start to communicate this within this way. Did you notice a difference in the way that people were interacting with one another? A difference in the way that that social life occurred once social media came around? Yeah, there was. I mean, um, Snapchat was around when I was in high school. It was you know pretty early on in the stages. It's pretty rudimentary, I guess. But you know. Even at lunch, you know, jokes that were being made usually had something to do with Facebook or with Snapchat, you know. Um, I found out one time my friend had Snapchatted a picture of me at lunch to just about everybody in the room, and it just was me with uh, 
the word poop across my face. And I don't know why that was so funny, but it was hilarious to everybody. <laughs> it sounds pretty funny to me. Uh, I guess. Oh. It, it, was, it was partly the kid who did it. Just you can just imagine right. him saying that. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was, it was changing the way we interacted uh, in person as well as, as out. Not in person, you know, I was using it. I think, I think even in high school, I was using it to connect with kids like, hey, Join the cross country team because you know we need right, right. You always need more cross country runners. Um, it's not exactly a, a sport that, no, that advertises for itself. Right. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> yes, I I, it was great. I loved it, um, but it did not look like that. that to the people on the outside. Um, so I was always using it to to network and things like that. I think at that age, and I don't know that it made me any less social. Um, because I didn't have a smartphone, so it was something that I did after school. I wasn't I wasn't right. involved with that at school, but I had friends who were. There. I had friends who had uh, the iPhone. I think my my first iPhone was iPhone five. So there was at least what seven eight years of iPhones before I got an iPhone. That was my first iPhone. Also, it was the five. I had the five S. Mine was the five. Yeah. But the let me ask you this: If you're at home though, and you're on the computer, and you can connect, quote unquote, with your friends by clicking a few things and, and uh-huh. posting something or whatever, as opposed to you, when I was young, you had two options. You uh-huh. went and physically saw your friends, or you could call them on the phone, which was generally connected to the wall by a cord, mm. although the cordless phone did come out at some point, and, and that was amazing. Oof, you know, when I was very young, we had the rotary dial phone, which was, uh, you know, it, it, it's not like an iPhone. I can mm. just tell you that. Um, so you had those two options, or Is else... because it doesn't store your contacts? It does not. It does not store anything. Um, but you had, those, you had those options or nothing, right? Or you're just lonely. And so because people don't like to be lonely, they generally would hang out more, right? Mm-hmm. But now you can deal with loneliness or feel like you're dealing with loneliness, although I'm not sure it does that. And we could That's a whole other topic that we could just talk about social media. And I don't want to spend all this time on that. But instead of saying, you know what, I'm lonely. I want to do something tonight that's social. Instead of being like, well, I'll just hop on Facebook and spend three hours scrolling through everybody's posts. It'd be like, well, I need to call Steve or Jeff or you know whatever and go, and go hang out with those people because right. that's how I'm going to get my social interaction. Now you don't have to do that, which means probably i mean would you say you ever were at home and and if you had not had social media you'd be more likely to have done something social um maybe i was never <laughs> never a terribly social kid um you know i had a, i had a few friends and i had i was social in youth group and I was social in cross country events and stuff like that but i i don't i think i went to three football games while i was in high school and um i remember going to like I I had little spurts of of a desire to be social. I'd, I'd go to a couple volleyball games because that's where all my friends were going, or I'd go to a basketball game because that's where everyone was going to be. But for the most part, um, I shied from those things, and I don't even know if it was being replaced by Facebook. I think I was just happy with with myself. <laughs> I don't think I I necessarily wanted to make lots of friends in high school, um, which you know that changed sometimes, but. No offense um, to those in Hunter's High School. Who no, you're all great. This. I just didn't want to be your friends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. It wasn't you. It was me. Um, so I don't know if, if Facebook really started. I, I I would say that now I notice Facebook might affect my my desire to be social, but I don't know if it was yet in high school. I don't know if it had quite pervaded um, me and my friend group enough while I was in high school. Certainly in college, that started to be more of a factor. Yeah. Because um, 
college was probably the first institution that I was in where it was already prevalent. It was already right. Um, in yeah, at first you life. were probably more just like it was a novelty and people were checking it out and they'd get a Facebook thing or whatever. But yeah. people didn't have like standard ways of using it. They weren't. It wasn't as big as it became later. Yeah, it it was it was definitely it was not it was. Pr- it was existent, but not prevalent when I started high school. By the time I finished high school, it was prevalent. I mean, it was um, just about as as prevalent as it is today, I'd say. Um, so, yeah, that it changed in college. And also college, you know, you're all of a sudden thrown into a whole different group of friends um, that you have the choice either to engage with or not to engage with. Um, I think I did the best for, I, I think it did all right as a, being an introvert, but, um, it definitely was easier to sit in my dorm room and, and scroll through Facebook and watch Netflix than it was to, um, go out and try to interact with all these new people that, um, I didn't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think that's gotta be more and more the case as, you know, you see how prevalent it is now where, you know, however many billion people are on Facebook or on social media and are, um, engaging in that way when I as again when I was younger that just wasn't the way it happened you, know, right. you went out you you had friends you played you 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 worked through things and as a result there was a lot of things you had to learn about mm-hmm. social interaction that I'm just not sure let's put it this way you can get on Facebook now or or just read an article online right there's an article online it's about politics or it's about whatever and then at the end of it you can comment mm-hmm People will go on there and they will comment things that if they if if you if you were hanging out when I was a kid uh-huh. and you had said those things out loud, somebody would have beat you up, right? <laughs> like there would have been a cost yes. to running your mouth in the way that people do online, right? right. And, and so people now are willing to run their mouth online in, in in such a way that they would probably never say to somebody straight, you know, to their face, to their face. Um, and and they can get away with it, and it could be the normal way that they interact, which is making you less social, yeah, more antisocial, less able to have. Friends, less. In fact, as much as you gain friends on Facebook, people do things on Facebook that also make them lose friends. And you'll see things like, "Well, I'm glad, you know, that I'm that that people who don't like this that I say about this, they might as well not be in my life." And it's like, well, okay, maybe that's maybe that could be true, depending on what you're saying from time to time. But but what we used to have to do was learn how to live with people. Yeah, you know, there's all this talk about tolerance and whatever, and it's become to mean something completely different. But what it used to mean was. I will tolerate the fact that you think differently than me about this. In other words, I won't resort to violence or you know breaking uh-huh. community or whatever just because you and I disagree with it. Instead, we have to learn how to live with one another. Mm-hmm. But now you don't. Yeah. Now you can go home and just live online. Yeah. This this second life that's that's digital, where you say things you would never say, mm-hmm. you know, you give you basically um, you you can put yourself into an echo chamber mm-hmm. where you only interact with people who think the same things as you, and right. things, and, and it's just not the way it used to be. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You used to have to. I mean, you just had whoever was there. Like, there's there's kind of a limit of of who you can interact with if your only interactions are with people in your daily life and you'd have to, you'd have to seek out people to interact with. Um, and so if you found someone who disagreed with you slightly, you'd probably be a lot more willing to come to common ground with them. Um, than today, if you're on Facebook and you know, you, you and this person, you really are, are on the same page, but that's one little thing. One time you kind of disagreed on and you don't talk to them anymore because you've got 
a thousand other people who are even closer to your right. uh, ideas, your your passions, yeah. um, and but you don't really know any of those thousand people, right? Um, They're not really your friends, right? 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 Not not because friendship, and and let's and let's as we're going to get into this, let's sort of define friendship. Like, what is what is friendship prior to the existence of? social media and quote unquote Facebook friends, because I don't think Facebook gets to define what friends are. I think friends have existed for, believe yeah. it or not, longer than Facebook. So let's talk about, uh, what would you say? Well, I think there are there are tiers of friends. Okay. Um, you know, you have acquaintances who are people that you have had a conversation with them before and um, you would recognize each other in passing. Right. But, um, but you haven't had a meaningful conversation with them. You haven't, you haven't ever... Um, sought out spending time with them. It's just been in passing. Um, and then there are friends who um, you have sought out spending time with a couple of times and and you're good friends. You know something unique about each other. You have some sort of unique bond um, outside of just encountering each other and passing and knowing who, knowing who each other are. Um, you've, you know, you shared some sort of moment or or some sort of conversation. And then you have, you know, I think infinite levels going up to probably not infinite but a, a as a gradient you know there's yeah, a gradient there, there. I think there's a spectrum the question is is the high side of the spectrum everybody knows you know you have your best friends your closest friends your you know however you want to label all those where it goes really 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 deep the question is where's the cutoff on the low side of the spectrum mm -hmm. because an acquaintance is not a friend you know you 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 could say oh I'm friends with that person but if you've only ever talked to them in passing, you've never called them right, on right. the phone or even texted them, you know, they're they're like that. Then they're not really a friend. They're an acquaintance. Yes. Yeah. And a friend is somebody who I I, I would I would um I want to define it in terms of investment. Mm -hmm. Investment. So a friend is someone who each of you has invested at some level in each other, right? Mm -hmm. um, you've actually spent time um, together. You actually know something about the other person beyond, uh, you know, the, the basic stuff that any acquaintance would know. Um, you care about them. They could. They, let's put it this way: if they called you and were like, "Hey, I need some help moving." Mm -hmm. You wouldn't be, although you try to avoid helping them move, of course. But um, but if they called you and asked, it wouldn't be like that's really weird that this person would call me and ask me to help them move. Right, right. Like once once you're in that stage where like if the person called you and said, "Hey, I'm moving next week, and is there any way you could help me out?" If you if if the way that you're taking it is is it makes sense for them to have called me and asked me that, then they're probably your friend. Right, right. If it's like weird, like why are they asking me? I barely know this person. Like that's weird that they've gotten a hold of me. How'd they get my number? Then they're not your friend. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, if you go through your Facebook friends list, okay? Mm -hmm. And you know, you have you have what, a thousand whatever Facebook yeah, friends. Twelve hundred you know, or something. Somebody who who's just told us that you had like a few friends in high school and didn't like whatever. <laughs> so if you went through that Facebook list and we picked the people who you could call and ask you to help move next weekend. You know, my guess is, and, I'm, and and we're not going to actually do this as an experiment. It would take too long. My guess is, is that the percentage of those who actually would would meet that standard uh -huh. that you would actually call a friend would be very small. Yeah. In comparison to the thousand and whatever friends that you have on Facebook, right? right? So, so let's just get it out of the way. From where you and I are standing, as we're as we're talking through this, and since no one else can talk because we're the only ones with microphones here, the definition of friend would not uh, 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 your average Facebook friend would probably not fall into it. Right. Right. Your average Facebook friend would probably not fall into your actual definition of friends. Mm -hmm. um, and so, although I think probably from time to time somebody 
probably puts out a post like, hey, moving on Friday if anybody wants to help. And, you know, <laughs> and, and what they probably get is like, the people that were already their friends anyway. Yeah, yeah. I doubt you're getting random Facebook. Well, I'll come help you move. I doubt that that's very common. Maybe it happens from time to time. But uh, the fact is, is that uh, a real friend is someone that you've actually invested in. There's been some face-to-face time. There's been some, you know, there's there's been something real that's happened. Uh-huh. As where uh, a Facebook friend um, is not probably, mm-hmm. by virtue of being a Facebook friend, necessarily a real friend. Yeah. Okay, so we got that out of the way. So now the question is, um, which which kinds of these friends actually are, are really um, adding to your life and you're adding to theirs, which, which are the kinds of friendships that let's say biblically, uh, the Lord calls us into what kind of, what kind of relationships. And then let's talk about how do we do that and right. how do we do that effectively? So, um, go ahead and give me your thoughts on, on, um, that. yeah, I'd say, um, a, a biblical friendship or, a a true friendship is one where, you know, you're honest with each other. Um, and, and you're secure enough in your relationship that um, that honesty is not going to um, damage the relationship, you know, um, or even, you know, that that mistakes and and hurting each other isn't going to damage the relationship. It's it's repairable um, because there's something fundamental to the friendship that that isn't dependent on. And, and, you know, this can be worn down, of course, but isn't dependent on a single mistake um, I'm ruining that. I, I would say that's probably um, where where I would I would take that as at, from a biblical point of view. Yeah. So in Ecclesiastes, um, this is chapter 4, verses 9 through 10, it says this, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. And so I think that this, talking about labor and so on, kind of goes to my moving thing. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's you know, the, the fact is, is that in life, friendships are incredibly important. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's hard to imagine um a life that would be worth living outside of relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and and of course our primary relationship is with God. If that's broken, and and you know I've I've talked about this before from the pulpit and so on, but if if your if your vertical relationship with God is broken, your uh you know your horizontal relationship, your relationship with other people are going to be broken, mm-hmm. and so you have to primarily think about that, and that's just a given. You know, you your number one has to be God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And then love your neighbors yourself. The first one's required to do the second one. Mm-hmm. No, no first one, you just won't be doing the second one. And so you've got to have the Lord as your number one. That's the relationship that matters. That's if everyone else left you, if you were all alone, if you have a relationship with God, you still have a relationship that's real and, and and makes life worth living and all the rest of that. If you don't have a relationship with God, you know, there's really no point in and you're, let's put it this way: everything else that we talk about today, in terms of what it looks like to be in relationship, you're you're going to be missing all of it if you haven't started with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. You just will. I mean, you need you need that forgiveness of sins. You need that transformation happening in your life in order to have fruitful, effective friendships that are gonna that are gonna last and be effective eternally, which is really what we're talking about. And so, there's a big difference between being friends with somebody who you're saying. I'm not just going to know this person now or even for the next hundred years. This is this is someone who I'm going to spend eternity in relationship with. You are going to work through 
more. You're going to forbear more mm. mistakes. You're going to forgive more. You're going to love more. If the person that you're with, you see as someone who's eternal, made in the image and likeness of God, who you're supposed to love as yourself and so on. So these concepts aren't just aren't just out there. I'm not just saying them because I'm a pastor of a church. Um, I'm saying them because they're true. Mm-hmm. Your understanding of who God is, your your worldview, your 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 view towards Scripture, your understanding of, of that is absolutely imperative in order to have friendships. And then friendships are something that I think are an amazing gift from God, as we just read here in Ecclesiastes. Because if you fall, the friend is there to pick you up, to be the hands and feet of Christ, to, mm-hmm. to be the one to pick you up. Um, and the, the person who is alone when he falls. He has no one to help him up. That's mm-hmm. what Ecclesiastes says. And, and it's true. If you if you refuse relationship, you reject and rebel against God and refuse relationship with him, and you um, are unable or unwilling to create and sustain relationships with other people, then when you fall, you are alone. Not that God's not there ready to pick you up, but you refuse. If you push his hand away and you've pushed every human being's hand away, Boy, that's a lonely place to be. Mm-hmm. That's a lonely place to be. And I think sometimes people are are in a place where they feel like they're there, where they yeah. feel like they're alone, and they and they feel like I don't know how to have friends. Right. Um, and so, I mean, have you run into many people where they've either expressed to you or you've seen that they just really struggle making friends? Yeah, I think I think it's a very common uh, feeling among my generation, um, especially since most of my generation is now getting out of college where they pretty much had built in friendships, you know, um, their whole life. They were, they were stuck in a class with a bunch of people their age, um, for the last 18 years. So let's, 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 let's stop for a second. They had built in relationships, right? They have built in friendships, but they had built in relationships that were easy to segue into friendships. Okay. I think, um, at least that's how it worked for me. Sure. Um, and so now as, as many of, of my generation are getting out into the real world, um, not having those built-in relationships. Either they work um, a job with not many coworkers, or those coworkers aren't necessarily friendship candidates for them. Um, I think that it can be really uh, daunting all of a sudden because you kind of you had this built-in structure that okay, even though I am losing all skills and making friends, I still have school, which is building in a way for me to make friends. Um, And then all of a sudden you find yourself graduate from college, um, absorbed with social media and lacking any skill to go make friends while now not having that built in safety net of friends of, of friend candidates around you. Um, And so that's, I think a time where you can, Get really. I, I saw a post from oh, oh, I don't remember who it was a post from some uh, pastor yesterday that said, um, you know, in in culture, your twenties are are glamorized and and you're told that they're supposed to be the best years of your life and that you're supposed to be just hanging out with friends all day every day and it's supposed to be a great time. Um, whereas really. For the first time, you're not able to hang out with friends all day, every day, um, and you have to go seek out community and friendships in a way like you've never had to before. Um, and so, don't get discouraged by that. And I think a lot of people my age have been told your 20s are going to be great; they're going to be um, just a 10-year-long party, you know. Um, and 
and you're just, you, you should have lots of friends. If you don't have lots of friends, there's something wrong with you. And I think a lot of people, the moment they feel like they don't have a lot of friends, um, get freaked out by that. And I think, and that's something I've even felt um, yeah. since coming here. Not that I don't have any friends. I mean, luckily I work at a job where um, my coworkers are, are a friend in a way. Um, in a way, what's that supposed to be? Well, you know, you're not. You're also coworkers, so. Oh. Um, I feel like I'm that friend. Sorry. All right. Oh. No, no, no. Um, I would help you move. <laughs> you would, I, and that's what I'm saying is, um, they're friends, uh, but they're also coworkers. You know. Actually, my uh, back's starting to hurt a little bit. I don't. I may not be able to make it, but I would have. Actually, I'd, I, I, well, especially when I first started here, your back was really bad. And I probably would not have asked you to move. Oh, it's it's <laughs> somebody had probably asked me to move. It's all fake. I just, <laughs> I just pretend. Like sure, yeah. yeah. Um, where was I going? I don't um, know. I was talking. You're talking about, about how you, yeah, you, you felt that. Um, and so you, yeah, I think you have to. Yeah, I felt that. That I don't have, you know, I had a really solid group of, I, I probably had like an initial group of like five guys that I was really close with in college. And then I had an expanding group that was, you know, their significant others and their, and, and other slightly less close friends, sure. but friends um, of your friends. Yeah. People, people that I would still, I would help them move. Um, if they were, if they're asking for help. Um, that, I mean, I probably had, you know, 30 people in college that, we're all there. And then all of a sudden you graduate and they all go different directions and you go a different right. direction um, and you're left to build from ground zero. And um, so, yeah, I've definitely felt that. I think I'm the type of personality where um, most of the time I don't even notice that. And then all of a sudden uh, something hits me and I go, oh, wait a second. I don't have any, like I used to have friends. Where did that, I missed that. Where did that go? Um, and so it's something that I've uh, had to end with, not an, as much success as I'd like. It's something that I've had to um, look at intentionally and say, okay, what's what's a step I can take that I might not feel like taking um, naturally to get um, some significant friendships in my life that I know are healthy and um, ultimately what I think Christ is calling me to to have because I think Christ knows best for my life. I I would agree with that. That's a good one. <laughs> we can all take take away. I I think that I do see it. I don't. It doesn't matter how old you are. Okay, I think the people struggle with this, but I do yeah. see it in. in well, that was a comment. People. That was a comment I saw below that post. Was actually, I think it is more. This is more true every decade of your life. I think so. so. I think that. Let's put it this way: there are always those who are going to struggle with this for a number of different reasons. Um, I do think it's more prevalent in, say, the millennials and the one and the generation under the millennials, yeah. where it's where it's really bad. And part of that is the social media stuff. Part of it is, and like I said, you know, people are willing to say things on social media. People are willing to be so harsh to each other on social media and to and to put up barriers and 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 break the mm -hmm. possibility of relationships sometimes um, by by the stray fingers of typing. So the first thing I would say, because I don't want to spend too much time on on the social media thing, but I do, but it is so important to this. I would say, listen, please think before you type. Mm -hmm. And here's what you need to think. And here's just a little. Pastor David advice. You can probably hear this from a lot of people, um, but you get it right here on this podcast for free. <laughs> um, when you're writing something, whether it's a text message, whether it's a Facebook post or Snapchat, or like, do you write on Snapchat or just take pictures? I don't know. Uh, you can write on Snapchat. I don't use it. So I actually, you I can write poop across someone's I, face. I apparently. find myself typing more on Snapchat than I do like sending pictures. I'm like, why am I doing? I should just be texting this person. <laughs> right. So when you're texting, when you, when anytime you write something, 
um, whether that's an email, whether that's a text or whatever, before you push send or post or publish or whatever you push, read it and ask yourself, if I was to read this in the worst light possible, mm-hmm. would I be offended by it? Or, or would it mean what I'm trying to say? Okay, if someone was looking at this and, and they, were, they were not coming from my perspective, because we always know what we're trying to say, but you don't get to use the facial expression. You don't even get to use the, the vocal cues that you would on a phone call. Right. It's just words. And I can just tell you, people will take whatever you write in the worst possible way that it can be taken. Yeah. And so you need to understand that before you push send. This is going to help I your business. I think I'm actually... I'm. When I read someone's writing, I usually try to interpret it in the best light, but I definitely have seen that other people do not do the same. Well, <laughs> I, I can tell you that it's very common that people will take it in the worst way yeah, possible. Yeah. And so whether it's in business or in school or with your friends or whatever, just be very cognizant of uh, before you push send. Also, check those spelling and grammar errors. errors, errors, errors. Um, check those errors. Uh, there's just multiple ways to spell there, just FYI. Um, there's multiple ways and to spell there too. Um, <laughs> and, you know, things like that. And it's, it's always better if you have worked those things through. But that's just a little, uh, you know, there's, there's grammar rules. They, they apply even to texting, yeah, believe it or not. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I just think you, you need to think about that. But People, go ahead. I wanted to bring up one more thing before we move on from the social media idea. Um, I think social media also creates an expectation that might, I've noticed many in my generation, sometimes myself included, have pretty high standards when it comes to who they're willing to engage with um, IRL in real life. Um, They have have pretty high standards of who they are okay with. spending time with developing friendships with because they have such a high expectation because they see this polished social media um, network where they only see the good things from these people and they develop this new idea of what people should be like. Mm -hmm. And so when you run into a person in real life and they're a little rough around the edges, um, according to you. You mean like a real person? Yes. um, All of a sudden you're thrown off and you're like, eh, that was fun hanging out with them that one time. I don't want to do that again. Right. And I think that's just sad um, for for my generation because I think that it's misled. And and it's something that I find myself doing too is, is someone doesn't quite fit my idea of what I, I think a person should be like. Um, I'll, I'll sever that, that friendship um, either intentionally or unintentionally. And hmm. and I think that that's because we develop these expectations from social media that are unrealistic, um, untrue, yeah. and um, harmful to how we interact with people. Yeah. I think that as we, as we think about how do I make friends, who should I be friends with, things like that, which are some of the things I want to work through today. You know, one of the things that I would say is, you know, you're talking about the real, you know, someone who's rough around the edges, which is to say everybody. Everybody is rough around the edges, which is to say no one's perfect, right? And and we, we say no one's perfect. What we really mean is no one's even close to thinking about being in the universe of the ballpark where people are perfect. I mean, we're just, we're broken in so many ways. Um, but yet there's, there's this incredible, just, just deep, deep within us and the deepest part of us. It's not something we learn. It's something that's innate, intrinsic to us. We want to be loved. Mm-hmm. And we want to be loved warts and all. We want to be loved for who we are. We want to, we want to be wanted. We want people to want mm-hmm. to be in relationship with us, to want to hang out with us. If, if you're, if you don't feel that, if you don't want to be loved, it, you know, then then somebody has done something to you, <laughs> or you've done it to yourself, um, 
to to really be you know uh, you're you're hurting then you know you're you're really in a place where you're hurting because um, wanting to be loved and being loved are are being loved being cared about being wanted are great feelings um, and and if you don't feel like that's something you want then you should inculcate or try to uh, try to work on wanting to be loved because it's such an important necessary part of humanity and being a human and and so here's the problem everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be loved for who they are. Everybody wants to be appreciated. But yes, again, if you like you say with the social media thing, we've set these standards that are just they're just stupid. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but they're stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't all be the smartest person in the world, the best looking person in the world, the best at whatever sport you're doing, the best at whatever you know, you can't. You can't all be all of those things. And it's like we feel like we either need to be or we need to pretend like we are, or no one's gonna like us. Right. But let me just break it down for you. Um, speaking for myself, I like you. You know, whoever you are, Um, I like you, Hunter. I do, I do like you. Um, I like you. I like. Yeah, that was rough. When someone when someone waves and you wave back. Oh, I hate that. I did that. I've done that a couple times recently. Where I'm like, oh, that's not me. They're talking to. (laughs) Um, But and I'm like, hey, you know, you're like goofy smile. Like, hi, okay. Oh, you're talking to the person behind me. Uh. Uh, That's cool. (laughs) That's all right, mom. Uh, Anyway, uh, we're talking to your brother. I do like you and I do like and I do like people and and I love people and it doesn't matter whether you meet some standard. Um, I, I was I was uh, at a store the other day, and and there was a woman there who um, there was there was some, she had a physical um, issue, you know, a, a challenge physically and and whatever. And I and I just remember thinking to myself that this person's probably struggling with um, the way that she feels, the way that she looks, the way that people treat her, and whatever. And I just had this heart of just I just I just want this person to feel loved. I just want them to feel because I don't care. Mm-hmm. What this person mm-hmm. looks like. This is this is someone made in the image and likeness of God. This is someone who, you know, who cares whether they're the star of the basketball team or the best looking or the smartest or the whatever. That's not what's important. We we every single person has value and, and needs to be loved. And you need to understand that about yourself. But you also need to understand it about everybody else. Mm. Because in the same way as you're trying to claw your way to the top of the social media ladder or the, uh, you know, whatever it is, you you have this natural tendency to look down on those who aren't maybe meeting your standards of what you think that should look like, right? It's like the smoker who quits smoking and is just the worst to everybody who's still a smoker. You know, like, <laughs> like they were smoking, they smoked for 20 years, you know, a pack a day. Then they quit. They're two weeks into quitting and, and they walk around and see somebody smoking like, oh, I can't believe that person is smoking. <laughs> it's like, dude, you were smoking two weeks ago for the last 20 years. But it just happens. It's like once you've you've made this thing an important thing, that, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, you know, if you, you started found- working out, now you're judging everyone else's body Body about by whether they work out hard enough. I found that high school ministry really hard to do when I was like a freshman in college because it's like these people are so stop immature. Stop that! You're yeah. so immature. Like yeah. just move on. And what, what like it really was ago. was me um, still having that be so fresh that I was still like kind of almost hurting from that high yeah. school experience. And I was like, I don't even want to deal with it. I don't yeah. even want to deal with people who are dealing with it. And uh, we dislike in other people the things that we dislike about ourselves. Right. Right. right? So um, I have a, a friend um, who's a friend who has some of the same negative parts of their personality that I have. Uh-huh. And man, when those part of the negative parts of that person's personality show up, I'm just like, I can't stand it. Yeah. I'm yeah. just like, oh, I just, it's just the worst. But, but, I'm, but at least I realize it's because I'm like that. Yeah. And I don't like me when I'm like that. I don't like the fact that I'm like that. And so I really don't like it when they're like that. Um, and, and so... You know, the fact is, is that that we need to have a lot more forbearance 
we need to have a lot more willingness to be pleased. Um, you know, Dr. David Robinson, no relation, uh, but one of the elders here at the church uses that term, you know, willing to be pleased. We need mm-hmm. to be willing to be pleased. We need to, we need to say, you know what, this person may not meet, may not check all the boxes for what I'm saying I wanted a friend, but maybe I shouldn't be such a consumer about what I wanted a friend. You're right, right. Uh, maybe I can, maybe be, this isn't about me. <laughs> maybe it's not about me. Maybe, maybe I can be willing to be pleased um, with the things about this person that are good and that are positive and, and encourage those things and love that person person and want that person's uh, friendship and relationship, because I know that's what I want, that the Mm. deepest part of me wants that. I know that Christ loves them. So if if he says that they're lovable, which he does, if he says they're lovable, then who am I to say that they're not, right? Now, that doesn't mean that every human being, this is where I'm going to stop for a second before we continue talking about how to make friends and talk about who we ought not to be friends with, okay? Mm. Because there there are people who you ought not to... Uh, be in a friendship with, and, and let me let me give you a couple examples. One would be people who um, are continuously trying to um, drive you to do things that the Lord has released you from. So if you are walking with the Lord, and you, let's just say you used to have a real problem with alcohol, and you have a couple of friends who refuse to be around you without without getting hammered, right? It's like, yeah, you can come hang out with us, but we're going to be getting hammered. And you know that that's a temptation for you, that you're, that you're not yet in a place where you're able to, to deal with that and so on. Then those are friendships that it's not that you give up the friendship, the fact that you love them and care about them, but you would, you, you, it would be wise to not hang out with those people. Right. People who are going to drag you into things that you know are bad for you, um, that you're not in a position to be the one who's, who's bringing them out of it. And I would say this, usually you're not. Yeah. Okay? And especially if there's multiple, if you're outnumbered. So mm-hmm. if you have three friends who every time you're around them, they're wanting to do something that you know you ought not to do, you're very unlikely. And I would say almost a 0% chance that you're going to go in and draw all three of them right. into doing what's right by by hanging out with them while they're doing those things. Uh, Proverbs 22, 24 to 25 says, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man do not go, lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. Um, and here we talk about you know soul, body, soul, spirit, right? What are, you, what are you setting the snare for? That place in your mind, will, and emotions where now you're starting to make decisions, will things that you ought not to will because you're around those who are doing things that, that you ought not to do. In this case, we're talking about someone who's angry, right? And, and I can tell you from experience, an angry man can get you into all kinds of trouble. I'll, I'll give a quick story. Um, <laughs> I was uh, younger than I am now, which is true for every day before today. And I went, I had a buddy and he had a girlfriend that he had had for quite a while and they broke up and he was just, he's just having a hard time. He's a long time friend. I've been Mm -hmm. friends with him since like junior high. And so we, uh, He's, you know, he wants to hang out. I'm like, yeah, I'll hang out with you or whatever. He's like, well, let's go over. He wanted to go to some, you know, I wasn't even walking with the Lord at this time, but he wanted to go to some bar. Um, and I'm like, okay, I don't think I was you know, drinking anything or whatever, but he wanted to have a beer or whatever. And I knew that he had some alcohol issues. And I knew that when he drank alcohol, sometimes he had some anger issues, but I thought he was going to have like a beer and just chill. And he just wanted to talk and work through this issue, his girlfriend. So we go to this place and and then we go to another place. And at the second place, he's starting to drink more than I'm comfortable with, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm sober and I'm sitting there just like, I'm just here to, you know, help you out and whatever. I'd really rather not be here at all. Um, And, he starts, there's some guys who come in, three big guys. This is like a country <laughs> type bar, like a cowboy bar. Three big guys come in. These are, um, 
I'm, you know, I'm saying 260, whatever. These yeah. are, these are big old cowboys. Okay. And they're looking to cause trouble. And my buddy, he's about five, eight. <laughs> now he's, 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 uh, physically, uh, very fit and, 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 you know, he's a strong guy and whatever, but he's not, he's not a fighter. You know yeah. what I mean? And so he's sitting there and of course he's not thinking as well as he should, because you shouldn't drink more alcohol. Oh, I thought than, it was because of the breakup. You know, whatever. Okay. Well, and the breakup. Both, <laughs> oh yeah, right? true, true. So these things are, are compounding. Well, he, well, these guys walk by and he starts staring at them, right? It's kind of <laughs> staring them down. And I didn't really even notice that he was doing this. I'm just kind of like. I'm putting in that friend day where I'm like, okay, I'm just here because you're crying, you know, that type of thing. He's looking at these guys. So eventually it's like, you know what? They, they come up and they say something like, you got a problem or whatever. And he, and he says something, whatever, and they walk away. I'm like, you know what? Let's go. So I get him. We start walking to the door. All three of these guys come up, right? And they're like, you got a problem. You know, they're, they want to fight. And he, who's not in a good position and I'm sitting in front. So I'm between <laughs> him and these guys. I got no problem with any of anybody. Like I'm just trying to just help my buddy here. Who's broken up with his girlfriend, whatever. These guys are ready to fight. Right. And so anyway, I was able to basically push my buddy outside the door and get him out of the, out of the bar and basically, Hey guys, we're not going to get into this right now. And then I got him out and we took off and left and, and, and not, nothing really bad happened, but we would have been, harmed yeah right uh, it would have been bad and of course he's sitting there relying on me like i'm gonna be the one to you're thinking you know, for both of you yeah he, he well it's like why are you getting me involved right yeah, because yeah. i'm not gonna let him just beat this guy up because he's my friend and so you kind of have that natural like you gotta you gotta you know back up your friend but why would i i don't know these guys i don't know why he's anyway <sighs> that is to say don't make a friendship with an angry man because uh you know he can he can uh put you in a bad situation and so um you know you got to be careful so i just say be careful about who you make friends with but don't take that so far as to be one of these people who who draws boundaries so yeah unnecessarily so strong that you could never be friends with anybody that wasn't perfect right like i'm not going to be friends with people who you know who hurt me well then you're not gonna be friends with anybody yeah. okay um people are gonna hurt you people are gonna make mistakes they're gonna say things they shouldn't say they're gonna they're gonna make mistakes forbearance is a huge part of what scripture calls us to do for our brothers and sisters in christ so don't be drawing boundaries so so close to to home that that any regular human being could never make it in your circle, right. okay? I think your circle should be far wider than that, but it should not include those who are going to lead you down a, a bad path or those who, who clearly desire, not only, not only will they lead you that by accident, but they clearly desire to, to pull you away from that which is good, to pull you away from the Lord, you know, that they're constantly causing that. You've got you to separate yourself in those situations. Other than that, you should be looking to make friends and you should be looking to have fruitful effective relationships within the within the reasonable amount of time that you have in life to be able to invest in those friendships. Mm -hmm. And so um, that means that if you have kids and you have a spouse and you have a job and you have, well, then you can't be playing with your friends all day. Okay? Right, right. Um, that's not, that's not going to work. Uh, but you should have as many friends as you can fit in. Let's put it this way. I don't think that the fake friendship of social media should be I don't think that you should have very, very few real friends and lots and lots and lots of Facebook friends and spend 10 hours a week on Facebook and one hour a week with your friends. Yeah, There's yeah. something very broken about that. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, that's not, that's not where you want to be. So let's talk about how to make friends. What kind of person is 
is a friend? What kind of a person makes friends easily, or what kind of a person um, are people looking for to be their friends? And and I'm going to make it. I'm going to start by being really simple, and I'm going to let you sort of work work it through. Okay. Um, a friend. People are looking to be friends with people who um, show a real interest in them, show a real care and an interest in them. That they that they're good. That's going to make them feel valued, right. um, honored, important. Uh, you know, talk to me about in your life uh, what you've seen in terms of when you've done that or when other people have done that for you. Um, yeah, I definitely have had a lot of situations where um, maybe it was someone at college who, who I thought, like initially they would like you know they would um, talk to me and I thought they were doing it just out of politeness, um, but then a second time they'll come back and they'll they'll show further interest in in me and my life. And that really, um, I mean, it kind of floors you, you know, especially if you're not, um, used to it. Um, and so just someone who, who thinks about you outside of just when they happen to see you, I think is, is someone who, um, you're really going to connect with as a friend. Um, even, I mean, I, I ended up with a group of friends in college, um, who we, I don't know if we had hardly anything in common, um, but really it was just um, a, a couple of them were really persistent in uniting that group of friends, um, really showed that they cared. And and I guess I was just in a, a friendly enough place to, to kind of return that. And so um, we became um, really strong friends, not because of any particular uniting bond other than um, just that we wanted um, that community um, of of people that that we would be able to help with things that we would be able to pray with um, each other for um, things in our lives, and it had very little to do with with how good of people we were. It had very little to do with um, how um, similar of interests we had, um, and it had much more to do with the investment that we were willing to put into it and the cost. Um, that we were willing to um, spend on on those friendships, um, and I don't really take much credit for that that group um, because I think I just kind of got pulled into it, which um, I'm glad happened now. Yeah, I think that that's yeah. Uh, I think that there's part of making friends and part of being in friendships is is not necessarily that you have all the same interests, not necessarily that you have all, but that you have a desire to be in relationship. Right. You know, um, you know, a, a couple things that I would say, uh, you, you should be a person. If you want to be a person that people want to be in relationship with and want to be friends with, you should be a person who wants relationship with people, but doesn't need people. Now mm. let me, let me explain right, what right. I mean by that. What I mean is don't be thirsty. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, and, and for those of you older than 17, you don't know <laughs> what that term means. Um, you know, basically, if you're the kind of friend who like, oh, you you show an interest in people and whatever, but it's very easy for anyone to see that it's really about you. Right, right. That's really about that that the friendship that you're getting from them is giving them something. Mm-hmm. Uh, is giving, you know, that, that I'm coming to you and I'm saying, hey, Hunter, let's go do this. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. And I'm not thinking, what does Hunter's schedule look like? What does he need? What's, what's his time? What's his time and his value worth and whatever? I'm thinking, I want to consume Hunter as a friend so that... 
because it's giving me something to hang out with Hunter. That is a big turnoff. So being too thirsty, being too much mm-hmm. about getting something from somebody. Have you experienced that? Uh, funny, I was thinking, funny enough, I think that actually might have been what started that particular group of friends that I was just um, giving an example about. And I think I think the the one friend would even say so himself that he, he just really uh, was wanting to... I, th- I think it was somewhat more selfishly motivated. Hmm. Um, and I think he recognized that during, as I, th- I think there would be clashes because he was, as you say, thirsty uh, for for the attention that mm-hmm. this friendship was bringing. Um, and I think there would, I was actually roommates with him and uh, which now, if he's wondering if I'm talking about him, now he knows. Um, Shout out to whoever his yeah. roommate was. I'm, Don't I'm, say his name. I'm not going to say his name. Um, but he, I, I, I know that he would say the same thing because he actually apologized to me afterwards, um, and it it really brought up some clashes in our in our friendship as roommates. Um, and I think, and he was very quick to recognize that and to correct it. Um, and the friendship was much healthier after right. that point. Um, but it, it, as negative of a thing as that was, I think it actually did start the the uh, it got the ball rolling on that friendship. Yeah. Well, and it's it's pretty simple. I mean, it's not that you can't want to hang out with somebody. It's not that you can't want want to be, you know, around somebody and so on. The question you need to ask yourself is, is this good for them or is it good for just me? Right. And so you, you know, don't be afraid that's so afraid to look thirsty that you don't say, hey, do you want to get some coffee this week? Do you want to you want to but I my thing is I leave things a little bit more open ended. You know, hey, you know, I'd love to hang out. What's your week look like? You know, do you do you have time this week, or 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 if it seems like they don't, hey, why don't you get back to me next week? Whatever. Make sure that the that the invitation is always there, but that it's clear that it's not that you aren't going to die if you aren't hanging out with them, and that you want it to be able to work out for them. Like in other words, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Think about them first. Um, don't be in a situation where you need their friendship to as a codependency or to serve yourself or whatever. If you can if you can avoid that and show an interest in other people, then that interest is genuine and it, and it feels genuine and people want to be around that. Even if you don't have all the same, uh, I mean, I have friends who are way different than me in many ways. Usually you're always going to find some points of, that, that Venn diagram is going to meet somewhere. You're going to yeah. find some points where you have similarities, but don't, don't go after somebody in, in such a way that they're going to feel like this is about you and not about them. That's, mm. that's a huge turnoff. And it's unbiblical. It's wrong. Right, it's, yeah. it's immoral to use people as things in that way, right? So, you know, the, the primary thing here being think about the other person. Mm-hmm. Think about what the other person needs. You know, um, approach the person, talk to the person, and so on in a way that, that they need. Here's another thing. Don't be someone who is wrapped up in your rights, your own rights. And what I mean by that is this. You don't have to be, um, and I'm going to use the word right differently here, but you don't have to be right about everything. You don't have to, if somebody uh, offends you or disagrees with you or, or makes a mistake or, or, is, or, or you're very sensitive maybe or, or whatever the thing is and, and you're somehow hurt by somebody, don't demand your rights and start drawing boundaries and start being you know difficult because then it's really not your lack of forgiveness and your and your unwillingness to be in any way offended or whatever is not their problem as much as it's your problem. Mm-hmm. And and yes, it's going to be hard to have friends if you're that way. Don't show off. 
Don't be a show off. Mm. Um, that is a what huge turnoff. What if it's just a natural, like, just, just so much to show off? You're just amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, for you, I can understand that. Um, for me, just I don't have kidding. anything to show off. So, um, but, but honestly, don't show off because it's so easy to see. Let me just tell you guys, and this may hit some of you, you know, it may hurt a little bit, but it's, but it's the, the wounds of a friend, okay? Um, it's so easy to see through, folks. It's so easy to, to know what, who a show-off is. And it doesn't matter how impressive the thing is you're doing that's showing off. It comes off as showing off. It comes off as arrogant. It comes off as prideful. It comes off as the last thing that anyone's looking for in a friend. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't make your exploits in life seem bigger than they are. Don't make a show of yourself. Here's, here's what you do instead. Make a show of the, person, the other person. You know, people, you know who people like the most? Not people who tell them how great they are. Uh, and let me say that differently because I'm using pronouns here. You know who people like? Not people who are telling that person how great they, you know, the person is, but people who tell that person how great they are, that person is. Does that Wait. make sense? Okay. So I'm, <laughs> you I'm, lost me. All right. Let, I'm going to use names. Uh, you know who Sally likes? She likes Jeannie because Jeannie doesn't always talk about Jeannie. Jeannie talks about Sally. Does that make sense now? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. If you're not, my point is don't talk about yourself. Don't make yourself look good. Think about the other person. Talk about them. Right, make right. them look good. This, and this is not anything new, right? You can go, uh, there's an old book, How to Make Friends and Influence People. And a lot of that book talks about, um, you know, getting your focus on other people, getting your focus on them. People like to be able to talk and be hurt. Mm-hmm. People like you to notice them and to notice the things about them, just like you would. If you want to be liked and likable, say less than you feel like you should say. Um, you know, say less things, listen more, uh, don't show off, uh, you know, be willing to forbear and make a big deal of the other person, not to stroke their ego, just to make them understand that you think they're valuable, that you want them, that you love them. I can tell you right now, you'll have more friends and you know what to do with real fast. If you're the kind of, kind of person who has confidence in yourself because your relationship is built in Christ. And that's the only place where real confidence is going to come from. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have to have that vertical Kind of like first. we talked about last week about the anchor. It, yes. It allows you to participate in friendships in a way um, because you're anchored in that relationship. Right. But go ahead. Yeah, no, you need to be anchored in, in your relationship with Christ. And when you are, you can have confidence. You ought, you ought to have confidence. You need to have confidence because you should be confident because your relationship's with Christ. The king of the universe loves you, cares about you, has, has saved you and forgiven you. So who cares who about made all you. this? You don't need the rest. I mean, not, not who cares. I mean, obviously we care. Others we wouldn't have just talked about it for uh, 50 minutes. Um, but who... At the end of the day, the one that matters most is secure. That's right. There you go. The most important relationship in your life is secure. It's not going anywhere. Um, and, it's the, and it's with the only person who actually has the ability to speak value. Right, right. And so you have that. So there you, now you're confident. Now as you walk out into the world with that confidence, compliment other people. Mm-hmm. Look, look at that. Don't look to draw people to yourself because you're so cool, so good looking, so whatever. So that's just silliness. That's that's not the way to build relationship. Instead, go to other people and when and and have people say this about you when when you walk away. I really like that person. 
They really listened to me. Mm-hmm. I really like that person. They really noticed me. I feel noticed. I feel loved. I feel cared for. You need to be a person who who makes people feel that way. And if you're making people feel that way, whether you ever got friends or not, you're you're doing an amazing thing for the kingdom of God to make people feel valued because they are valued. And mm-hmm. so you're bringing truth into the world. Uh, I'm not talking about stroking egos. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm I was going to say about, it goes. It can go too far. Yes. Can, don't it, don't be a flatterer. Yeah. I'm not talking about being a flatterer. I'm yeah. not talking about being uh, a sycophant or a flatterer or you know. A, Yes, man. Um, I'm not talking about any of those kinds of things. Don't don't suck up to people. Don't brown nose. Don't you know all that kind of stuff. I'm just talking about noticing the things that God that God has made in that person that God values, and valuing them for those things, and saying, I really appreciate the way that you, and then fill in the blank. Right. I'm not saying go up to everybody and be like, you look so good today, girl or guy. You blah blah. That, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about find the real things and make people feel valued for them. Because not because you're not as a means to an end so you can have friends. Mm-hmm. Because you ought to do that. Mm-hmm. Because you ought to recognize the things that are beautiful that God has made in other people. Right. And, and as you do that and as you walk in that, what you're going to find is, is that people like to be around you. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you're teaching them how to be a good friend, and then and then deal with the fact that people make mistakes. People mm-hmm. suck sometimes. They just make mistakes. They they mess up and 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 walk through forgiveness and mercy, just like the Lord has had for you. Yeah. And I think that you're going to find yourself in a lot more friendships. And and if you're told your whole life that you are a special snowflake. And that, and, and look, there's nothing. I, I, you know, we make fun of that and whatever. There's nothing wrong with the idea that you are a special snowflake in the sense that God's made you individual, right? Yeah. But if you're told that you are the best, you are so special, you deserve the world, you whatever, how are you ever going to be friends? How, if everybody thinks that about themselves, how are they going to be friends with anybody? Yeah. Because then it's just a competition. Mm-hmm. Then it's just then it's just a, an issue. Well, I can't be the most perfect, most wonderful person. One of us person, has and to be you, right. And one of us. Has yeah, to be we wrong. can't both be the most perfect person in the world and whatever and write about everything and and ought to be treated this way and never disrespected and how dare you disagree with me? You can't you can't all be like that. So while you're a special snowflake. Uh, listener, um, that God has made very special. So is everybody else. And you need to learn how to live with them. And, and you know what? Get a little tougher. Get a little tougher. Be willing to deal with a little bit more uh, from people. I want people to have awesome you know, friendships that, that last a lifetime that are just, that just bless them and, and, that, and that last no matter how far you move away from each other, what the time or the distance or whatever. I mean, I have, I have, I'm thinking of a friend of mine who lives in Seattle right now who I almost never see. But if he, and I probably haven't talked to him in a long time. But if he called me right now, we'd be just like the last time we were together because we just have that kind of a friendship. It's lifelong. I want people to have those kinds of meaningful, lifelong friendships and not to sit home and wonder why they don't have friends. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you now, why you don't and how you can get them yeah. um, because it's just not complicated. Yeah. Um, it just takes a little bit of a little bit of courage and and some confidence in the Lord. Yeah, I think it's it's about finding those people that God has put in your life um, for you. Yeah, all of this is to say, listen, uh, you have a friend in Christ, um, and you know. Uh, how do you know that that he loves you? How do you know that he's a real friend? Well, because he lays down his life for his friends, and that's and that's us, and and that's an amazing thing. And and you want to love like Christ loves. You want to have the mind of Christ, and that means you need to love people so much that you would lay down your life for them. And that means we got to put ourselves aside. And so maybe 
maybe not as much Facebook these days, maybe not as much of the social media, and maybe we take a little bit more time to um, think about, you know, get a prayer list, a nice, good, long one, um, and and start praying about people, and then text them and say, hey, I was praying for you today. I just want you to know I was just praying for you today. Right. Anything else I can be praying for you for? Um, you know, when you when somebody, when you have life group, and, you know, somebody contributes something to the discussion, maybe later that night or the next day you say, I just want you to know that I really appreciate it what you brought to the discussion yesterday. You know, show people that you recognize them and that you see their value and that you know who they are. And you're gonna, whether you become great friends with everybody or not, you're going to be bringing truth into the world, you know, validating that God has made people special and, mm-hmm. and he's made, and that he's just an amazing God. You're really validating God when you're validating the things he's doing in other people. And so mm-hmm. I really, really encourage you to do that. And here's the thing. You're not going to find friends sitting on your couch or, or getting on Facebook. You need to come to church. I mean, you know, shameless plug, but here's the bottom line. That's where relationships happen. Mm-hmm. And the fact is that my experience of those who are believers who are in the church, most of their relationships end up being, most of their strong, healthy relationships end up being in the church. Right. And so if you don't, if you're out there right now and you're listening to this and you're in um, our area, which is, you know, Portland, Vancouver, Camas, Washougal, um, Battleground, you know, this area around here, uh, come to Axe Church. You're going to mm-hmm. find friends. You are. You know, we're going to love you. We're going to care about you. If you don't live around here, you live somewhere else, find a good church because these are people who understand your value. Mm-hmm. They understand that that God has made you in his image and likeness, that Jesus Christ loves you, that he died for you. And so they're just so much more likely to treat you that way. Yeah. And so I just really encourage anyone listening that, you know, spend your time um, finding and, and connecting to a good church where you're going to build those friendships. And then and then be the kind of person who's building communities of friendships at work, at at school, wherever you are, um, because that that worldview that drives it, that relationship with Christ, that, that, that understanding of who God has made people, um, and then a focus that's outward faced instead of inward facing. Um, I, you know, you're not always coming to everybody else with all your problems, but rather you're there to help them with theirs. Those are the things that that are that are going to really drive strong, good friendships. So let's pray, and then we'll close this one out. Father, I just thank you for my friends. Lord, but I thank you that I have them because of you and, and the relationship that I have with you. And I just uh, we just love you, Lord. Um, God, thank you for making people in your image and likeness. And I just pray that for those listening uh, to this podcast that that are really wondering, how do, I, how do I make more friends? And how do I have more relationships? And how do I feel wanted? How do I feel loved? Uh, how do I feel valuable uh, in this world where things have become so surfacy and, and, and fake? And, and how do I get into real, dynamic, lifelong, godly, biblical relationships and friendships, Lord? And I just pray that you would use uh, today's podcast to help them with that and your word. Uh, would just speak to them um, and give them the tools that they need, Lord, that ultimately we need to love you, Lord, with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. I pray that we would do that and that we would love our neighbors as ourselves, Lord, and that that would be the thing that drives community and growth and revival for your kingdom and that we would see so many people come to know you and love you because they've built real friendships with Christ followers, Lord. We thank you for that we get to be believers in you and that you've given us uh, forgiveness of sins and that even though we're rebels and we've made so many, we've sinned, we've just been wicked. And yet, Lord, you, through your cross and through your death and resurrection, have put us in a situation where we can accept you and your forgiveness and we can believe on you that you rose from the dead and that we can have life in you. And I pray for anyone that doesn't have that life in you, Lord, that they would come, uh, they would come to you and they would make you Lord of their lives in your name. 
Amen. Well, thanks so much for listening to this Axe Church podcast. Glad you joined us on it. I hope you um, got a little bit of insight on on how you interact with friends. I know I certainly did. Um, I went to this, he, he told me the the topic a few minutes before we did the podcast. So I was very unprepared, both time-wise and unprepared um, because, man, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing when I'm making friends. I'm just doing my best. So I'm really appreciated getting some, some insight on, on scripture and on just life experience, um, how to do a better job of connecting with people and, and creating meaningful relationships because Facebook just, it doesn't cut it. You know, you can you can keep up with people in a way that you couldn't before, but um, you also can't make the strong connections that you used to be able to make without Facebook um, sidetracking you, I guess, from, from making those relationships. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love it if you would comment below and uh, just let us know what you thought about it. Also, if you have any ideas for topics of what we could talk about it, feel free to submit them um, in the comments Um, and we can look over those and we'll pick the ones that we like. And if you could share and like this podcast, it would really do a lot. We want your friends to be able to see the podcast as well. So um, be sure to do that. And we'll talk to you again next time.